Few men have virtue to withstand the highest bidder. The words of General George Washington. And this is The Guardians of the Republic. Hello, I'm Patrick Murray from the Monmouth University Poll, and my co-host is Ian Kahn from the TV series Turn, Washington Spies. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to see how the Republic has been challenged this week. We'll have our hot takes and, as always, our Guardian of the Week. And please, make sure to subscribe and give us a rating in your favorite podcast app so others might find us. But first, Patrick, I want to ask you about some new polling that looks like support for impeachment is indeed growing. Should we believe it? Yes, and I think you're referring to the Fox News poll that came out uh, on Wednesday. Yes. And uh, this was really interesting because this is the first poll that I've seen that showed a real movement for impeachment and remo- removal of Donald Trump above the 50% mark. They and to, a- give some, to, give some, to give some clarity, I was on the phone with you when you saw this poll and you went, oh boy, well... That changes things. So go ahead. Right. I just wanted to say so it was I an do, exciting moment. Right. Yeah, I, I do take this poll serious. And I'll explain why in a second. But they have impeachment at 51%. The last time they asked this question in July, it was at 42%. And that's for impeach and remove, impeach not just for and the inquiry. Remove, right. right. Impeach and remove. And they've been asking this question for about a year. As I said, I've been asking at Monmouth for two years. Up to this point, our polling has been about the same in terms of the numbers that we get. Uh, this is and that this is the first time I've seen this number go up, and it suggests what we've been seeing in other polls that have been coming out since the Ukraine news broke, which show support for both the inquiry and impeachment and removal itself have been ticking upwards. Now the inquiry mm-hmm. is higher. They didn't ask about the inquiry specifically in the Fox poll, uh, an NBC poll earlier in the week did found that well above fifty percent. Uh, And I think this is what we're seeing. One of the questions that has been asked of me many times is uh, when this when this first broke, when the news first broke was, is this is this the thing that moves the needle? And I said, we've been in this situation for the past two years where every time something big has happened, the question was, is this the one that moves the needle? This this feels this feels different. And my question is, the only way we can analyze this is this particular instance feel different in a different way than the others felt different? And I think the answer is yes, it does. Because, and we talked about this, people should go back to our last two episodes where we really broke this down and saying that the key, the Ukraine story is that there are so many pieces to it. It's not just one thing that Donald Trump did. It's that it has national security implications. It has state policy implications. There are outside actors involved, campaign finance, um, checks and balances with the whistleblower report and reporting to Congress. Oh, like all those things are built into it. And I think this is what keeps moving this needle. There was another thing in the Fox poll that I think was really interesting. And it asked about the motivation of House Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, what are they up to? And by a plurality say that House Democrats are more interested or, or more uh, likely to pursue this line of inquiry into Trump because they actually do believe the charges than say it, they're doing it because they just want to hurt Trump. Uh, by the opposite token, Republicans in the House, more people see them as just simply saying that they 
want to help protect the president rather than they really do believe that he didn't do anything wrong. That's a wrong. huge number, too, in the GOP. Yeah, so it's that's 55% f- yeah. who say that, uh, that that's what they're up to. Only 32%. And only 32% believe. You know what I think it comes down to? And uh, let, me, let me put that in perspective. Oh, go ahead. Please. That same question was asked of House Republicans and Democrats by CNN back in 1998 during the Clinton impeachment, and it was flipped on what the uh, what the motivations of the Republicans going after Clinton was that was more mm-hmm. political and it was less said that Democrats were trying to protect Clinton so you know, this is being seen as much more of, of a on the Democratic the side on a, on a Democratic side as a real inquiry and on the Republican side is trying to ignore the facts than we saw with Clinton well I think it's because you can't believe you're not going to believe you're you know not going to believe your lying eyes because we literally saw it on television. We saw the president come out and, and there was this line of questioning or a line of argument from Republicans like Marco Rubio and Jim Jordan where they were saying, oh, it's not really serious. He wasn't really serious. He was sort of joking, trying to get the, the press to, to buy into something. But if you watched that, and it has to be one of the most watched clips of this last month, is the president on the lawn talking and asking yeah. Ukraine and China to investigate the press. There was nothing joking about that. It was he was just following suit. So we have the whistleblower's report. We 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 have the 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 not transcript, but what was supposedly said on the phone call, which suggests that there was impeachment reason for impeachment. But then, literally two days later, the man comes out and says it publicly. But remember, remember what my poll said as this was developing is that we still had about one in five who said, "I don't believe he mentioned that." I don't think that, that that he actually said that, even though it was in the transcript. That's okay. And, and but, yeah, but no. The point being is, I'm wondering. I'm going to ask that question again as we get further away from it. But that's also the other thing. You, you, your poll had had been earlier in the process. Right. This is like seeping into right. the soil of the nation now, right. Right. where it's like the poison is locking in. Right. So this number, this number is big. Um, we again. There's a potential that this could be an outlier because it's bigger than any other number. We've talked about our outliers in the past. But it is in the direction that every other poll up to this point has been going. Mm-hmm. So there, while we need to wait for the next couple of polls to see if the, the other ones are clearly over 50%, this is really is moving in that direction. And the point is, Fox News is a really good poll. Which is uh, interesting. So, and when we spoke, you, you, you were saying that to me. And it doesn't, it sort of sounds I know the, I know the people who do Fox, I, do, I know the people who do Fox poll, the Fox poll, I know it. You know, the, the, the details of their logistics, how they do their phone calls, uh, they are top notch and they want to get the facts right. Uh, it's uh, one of those legitimate news operations within the Fox uh, family there. And it's interesting because uh, Donald Trump tweeted out on, on Thursday morning after, you know, kind of uh, digesting this news is that he said, I have never had a good Fox News poll. Whoever their pollster is, they suck. <laughs> he actually said they yes, suck. They suck. This is, I'm quoting, but wow. Fox News is also much different than it used to be in the good old days. So, uh, but not on the polling side. The polling side has stayed consistent as well. Polling side has always been consistent, has always been absolutely on the level, one of the best polls out there to measure current events. Uh, so, uh, what I'm worried about is that the pressure on the ownership of Fox News which has pushed their evening programming to really def- be defenders of Trump, do they start getting worried and start undermining this legitimate part of their operation? 
Uh, Fox, as I said, it's one of the one of the. It's a good poll out there. It helps provide a counterbalance to a lot of, of the news that they see on Fox. I, I, in fact, I wonder how I haven't watched Fox in the last twenty four hours. I wonder how they're covering their own poll right now. Right. Well, you know, this gets us to our next block, which is how is the Republic being challenged this week? And because that's what our show is about, and why we're called Guardians of the Republic. And one of the things that my wife pointed out to me last night was, she, you know, when she was talking, we were talking a little bit about Syria and everything else, is that the president is actually on Fifth Avenue with a gun now shooting people. You know, that that's, yeah. that's actually where we're at. And he's trying to sort of say, hey, listen, you know, there, there are all of these problems. You've got a problem with me? Prove it and show me how you're going to handle it because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there shooting. And now we have 14 Senate Republicans who have shown out of the 53 some level of concern about what's happening just in Ukraine. We're not talking, and, and the foreign interference. We're not talking about Syria yet. This is just 14 Republicans who have spoken out. Right. So you have um, uh, some who say, are, they're, they're speaking out as just simply, we need to find out more in- information. That, that small crack is considered breaking with Trump. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, go, go to the opposite end where you have folks like Mitt Romney uh, and uh, others who are saying, you know, this was this is the wrong thing to do. This is not what we should be doing. Uh, th- there are a few of those. So we can only find this is from The Washington Post dug up 14 out of 53 GOP senators who even raised a question. Yeah about what was going on uh, in the White House. Whereas there were 39 who are still solidly yeah. in President Trump's And this is, this is going back to that, that analogy about uh, you know, him standing on Fifth Avenue, is that well, that's exactly what is going on here. I think the Republicans are saying, well, he said he was going to stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. Yes, he might have con- that might be a crime. But, but it's not impeachment. But it's not impeachable because he said he would do that as president. He said he would commit a crime as president. So how can you impeach him for committing a crime that he said he would do? I mean, I'm you know taking that a little too far, but that really is in essence what what has been going on. There there was every indication when he was elected that he was going to do a number of these things. Now, what's interesting is that for some GOP senators, they say uh, this one is a little too far, and that's going to be interesting to see how these cracks develop. Do they continue to to break? Well, this open was my argument back two months ago when we were we were you and I were debating impeachment, and you were firmly on the side of it's not the right choice to make from a political perspective. It's really going to hurt the Democrats in twenty twenty. No, 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 wait, let me back up because I my argument was never from a political perspective. I did acknowledge the political politics of it, but my argument was always that it was the wrong thing to do from the perspective of protecting and guarding the republic. And what I meant by that was an impeachment inquiry at that point is basically saying we're impeaching Donald Trump for doing exactly what he did, said he was going to do when he got elected. Which was which, which was go out and and and, and break break these, the republic. Break break, and, break 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 down all these norms. But what what I said was saying that if you impeach him for doing that, then how can then you can convince these folks out in the heartland mm-hmm. to come back to respecting the norms of the institution? But right. Okay. So, my so that was at, at that time, point. That was that was my then. Point this at is the now. Time, my point at the time was the further we get into it and the more information that is then exposed because of the impeachment inquiry that I'm asking for will then start to change that public opinion in the same way that Nixon's impeachment right. changed but over the course not, of time. I don't think I don't think at what we had up to that point would this would because of what right. I said at the beginning, well, which it has all these <laughs> tentacles involved. In true. It. And, and the point and the reason being is because. The, the republic does not stand 
unless the public trusts the norms of behavior, the institutional processes. And they would not have trusted the institutional processes if impeachment had started earlier than this. And in fact, the, the number that we just uh, shared from the Fox poll about what are the motivations of the different players are suggesting that this was the right Absolutely. decision. Absolutely. And I'm going point. with you on that. Yeah. As I said, that Pelosi holding off turns out was the best move that she could have made. Right. But the point is that as this impeachment process will move forward, as the inquiry moves forward, I don't know how much higher that number can get beyond 51%. But who would have thought it would even get to there? Right. No, but I it's agree. because of the, you know, now we're going to talk briefly about Giuliani Associates. This is news that, that came out this morning. Well, yeah, this is Giuliani a question. How deep, does this, how deep should this uh, investigation go? So two Giuliani Associates, Associates were arrested on Thursday morning, both of them working for him in the Ukraine, they were both arrested on campaign uh, finance violations. As at the time of recording it, we don't know what the details of our, that are. But both of them were just ske- were scheduled to give depositions to House impeachment investigators. So they're not going to be doing that right away. The question is, when will they be doing it, that? But this suggests very much that this is ge- getting a little broader. Even within the confines of it being about the Ukraine, it's opening up doors to a whole host of other criminal activity. Well, interesting question this week where Lindsey Graham is now asking Giuliani to come testify in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, trying to get the full, you know, all of the answers because the, his argument is that the House did not release the full transcript of of what happened when Volcker was inside with them. And so, but, but the question is this, with the new Syria move that the president made and the huge objections um, from Lindsey Graham and from many of the hawks on the right. Is there like a, a tricky moment here? Because from my perspective, every time Giuliani speaks, he causes more problems rather than less problems. Right. Well, again, Graham asked Giuliani to do this before these arrests happen. So we don't. I don't know whether that changes his calculation at all. But even before, I, I share your your kind of head-scratching consternation here, which is <laughs> like, why, really? why you asked Giuliani to do that. This guy? Except Giuliani plays to the base. And if you're looking to just have a spectacle, and we, we saw this with that Lewandowski hearing mm-hmm. uh, in front of the House, is that if you're looking just to play a spectacle to help uh, the president feel good, then sure, put Giuliani in front of the Judiciary yeah, Committee. I don't and, know if that's and, a good and, idea, and, though. Because Giuliani, yeah, makes, I, I agree Giuliani makes mistakes that changes the polls. Like he, when he was on particularly Cuomo's, under oath, <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna, he's going to lie under about one. Well, this thing. is why I say, you know, the, the the arrests I think are really interesting because Giuliani is like, if you go back to Watergate, is like the the Liddy or Hunt character in this, the G. Gordon Liddy or the Howard Hunt character, the 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 real crazy person who just went out there and just said, ah, I'm going to do this on behalf of the president and do all sorts of wackadoodle criminal stuff, which is what opens the door to the obstruction of justice, which is where we're, we're heading right now, right? So, so now the president is obstructing Congress in their investigation, which in and of itself is an impeachable offense, if you feel that that's exactly what he's doing. Remember, what Nixon did was he tried to hold the tapes back. And he went through the Supreme Court process. But once the Supreme Court said, no, you can't hold the tapes back, there's no executive privilege there, then that was the end. It looks like Donald Trump isn't even going to go through the legal process of trying to do this, which is what Nixon did, and acknowledge the legal process, follow those rules. He's just going to say, I, I create my own rules, which is 
in and of itself impeachable because which we have video of Lindsey Graham talking about that back in 1998 when Clinton right. was was in his impeachment world. It's interesting too because you know I read an article about how the founders put this in, and some people say it's overly judicious for the House to do this, um, but the founders put it in there to sort of keep the president careful. It's like, don't right. mess up because well, you can be removed and we're encouraging people to remove you if you are corrupt. Well, remember, two things about that impeachment clause, and it's, it just doesn't, doesn't just apply to the president. It also applies to the federal judges and so forth, and that's where it's actually been used. Uh, but the reason why the founders gave that power to the Congress rather than to the courts is because you are overturning an election. And this is what these Republicans are saying. You can't overturn an election. And our framers said in the Constitution, yes, you can if you find once the person gets into office that there are grounds for doing that because in particular that they undermine the, 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 the norms of the Constitution themselves and the checks and balances. But yeah. most importantly, and remember, if you read your Federalist Papers, what were they worried about? Particularly if that executive is under... <laughs> The thumb of some foreign power. Yeah. That's what they were worried about, and that's exactly what we're seeing right now. And now that leads us directly into our next part of how the Republic is being challenged this week, which is Syria and Erdogan and Turkey, um, and how possibly, how President Trump could make a decision that is so widely panned right. among the entire so Let's recap what, what, the, what this story is here for those who, who aren't following every detail of the news. Um, so there's been this uh, infighting civil war within Syria. Uh, there are these, uh, the, these this Kurdish group, which is uh, you know an, an ethnic enclave that uh, is in both Syria and in parts of Turkey. Uh, and the Turks have always had problems with them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, insurrections and so forth. Uh, we have had U.S. forces in Syria trying to, you know, work within the problems of the civil war there. Uh, we have, under the Obama administration, we were at odds with Russia in our involvement in Syria. Uh, so suddenly, under Trump, uh, he decides to pull our troops out of Syria, which opens up the Kurds to being attacked by the Slaughters. Turks. To be, to be slaughtered by the yes. Turks. Um, and I spoke with uh, someone who works in the defense world, uh, who uh, often supports President Trump, who expressed absolute outrage at this choice and said it simply makes no sense because the Kurds are working for us. They're not costing any American soldiers lives. They're not the ones who are fighting. These Kurds are the ones who are fighting ISIS, who are the ones who destroyed the caliphate that President Trump is taking so much credit for for finishing. And the problem is not only are all of these ISIS fighters who have been captured now going to be released back into the world, but when the battle starts starting again between ISIS and whoever's going to take them on in this region and around the world, our best fighters against them are now going to be destroyed by Turkey. Yeah. It is, it is, it, this person said it was absolutely inexplicable. It made no sense. And it brings me back to a question that I have, which is, this is a theory, okay? But it seems to me that President Putin is looking at the calculation of the impeachment 
And we look at what recently, where Trump recently changed uh, an agreement with uh, our European Union, where we could watch over where the Russian military with NATO. is moving. With right. NATO, yeah. I'm sorry, with NATO, where where the Russian military is moving, and Trump is now saying we're not, we're going to get out of that, and that's not going to be applicable anymore. As soon as I saw that, I thought to myself, Putin knows that the president very likely could be impeached, and soon he might even resign from office. We're going to get to that later in the hot takes. Is Putin right now saying, you got to get all this stuff done before you're gone? Because we have all of these events that are happening that are completely illogical unless we look at it from a perspective like that, where he's saying, look, you might be out of office. I need this done before you're gone because Vice President Pence is not going to do this because it doesn't, you know, I don't have any control over Pence in the same way that I may have control over you. Okay. I mean, that's that's fascinating. And, and two things here I want to bring up is like, so if you, if you start thinking about Syria and, and our, our involvement, you say, isn't Trump just taking us out of all these foreign wars? What does this have to do with challenging our republic? And your theory, your speculation here yes, about speculation. Putin, uh, is that, well, here is one of the connections of where it might have something to do with undermining our republic is if this is the reason why Trump is doing this. Now, obviously, Putin wouldn't have said this in the words that you used, but certainly there could have been some intimation or some leaning on Trump from Because Putin why now? Why so For quickly? that reason. Why, why are there so many things that are happening just this week, right after the impeachment inquiry is really in full gear, the poll numbers are out, why does he have to make these moves so fast? Now, the, Occam's, the, the Occam's razor explanation of this, the simplest explanation would be simply Trump is trying to divert attention from what's going on in the impeachment. Hundreds of thousands of people will die. Our allies, who are our best fighting force partners in the region, are going to die. Netanyahu even came out this morning and called it an outrage about what's happening. Right. Lindsey Graham calls it an outrage. All of these people are calling it the outrage. And the military, Wait, Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham? The, Lindsey the, most, Graham. the most relevant senator? Yes. In, uh, well, and one could argue that part of the reason why he licks the boots of President Trump in the way that he does is so that he can have some power in these moments to help him. I'm giving Lindsey Graham a break that he probably doesn't even deserve. But one could argue well, that I mean, the, 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 part the, of the reason why he does it. The report is that Lindsey Graham was caught off guard by this. He wasn't even informed that, that no the, one was the pullout of the, of the troops was going to happen. He said, I spoke and this is why everybody. this is why, one, the Occam's razor explanation is just simply Trump just coming up with something out of the blue to change the narrative, or at least that he thinks change the narrative. But with, without to change the narrative in this way, during this time where he needs Republican backing in the Senate, it seems counterintuitive, which is why none of it makes any yeah, but, sense. Uh, but have, like have they done things? I mean, it's this is not... In terms of the way they act and react, and this is going back to Trump when he was a business person, is just simply, uh, if you can muddy the waters, if you can create chaos, it's, it's, it's better for him in the end. So I don't think that they, people there thought it all the way through. And remember, he's had so many uh, people exit his administration uh, those who had at least a modicum of understanding about how this strategy worked and answering those kind of questions that you just asked, which is, well, how will the Republican senators in, con in, in Congress feel about this? And can we keep them on board? And, and Trump's assumption is, yeah, they're, they're all going to be on board. I mean, that's always the assumption of a bully is that nobody's going to... We'll be able to pull them back in. 
Nobody's going to stand. No, nobody's going to stand up to you in the and end. And if you watch Mike Pompeo last night on the News Hour with Judy Woodruff, it was an incredibly uh, contentious. There were some incredibly contentious moments where Pompeo said, "You sound like you're doing the talking points for the DNC," and Judy Woodruff, very you know, with immense class, said, "No, I'm a journalist who's asking you some questions." And Pompeo is so dangerous because he's so smart and he's so good at sort of casting the way things go. And one wonders where he's going to land. Now, speaking of the military, um, in The Atlantic, there was an article talking about how the military looks at President Trump. I'm just going to read a small part of it um, where it says this, having never served or been near a battlefield, several, several of the generals said Trump exhibits a simplistic, badly outdated notion of soldiers as supremely tough. Hard men asked to perform hard and sometimes ugly job. He also buys into several severely outdated concepts of leadership. The generals, all of whom have led troops in combat, know better than most that war is hard and ugly, but their understanding of toughness goes well beyond the gruff stoicism of a John Wayne movie. Good judgment counts more than toughness. You always think of the military as being conservative, as being a Republican, and certainly we have polling the data that suggests that that is in fact true. But you also, on the other hand, know from what we've heard from military leaders is that they're the last people overall who want to get involved in a war because they understand what it's all about and they just won't go willy-nilly. So you're looking at that. They're looking at Donald Trump. And here's one thing that I'm worried about is, you know, you're looking at, does the military have to step in and exercise the 25th Amendment? In terms of Trump's abilities to exercise you know, that was his the, power, that, that's the question. I mean, are they gonna? Would they step in here? Okay, they're not stepping in. They're right. not. They're not going because out unlike of the chain other of other countries, we don't have. We have a very stable system where we never worry about a military coup. But what happens if President Trump wants to send nuclear weapons yes, and explode so them in North Korea? Is right, that you, when the this is this is where you, this is where we get into scaring people like we did last week? With, I'm sorry, uh, I don't mean the to violence. Put, but, uh, well, it's but it's part of Trump the it's un, unfortunately it's part of where of where yeah. we're at now. I just want these, to these are to, very real things. But I think uh, you know mm. what we're talking about here is we're talking about Republican senators who have been on his side. We're talking about the military now expressing concerns about him. But I think the biggest challenge mm-hmm. for him is that. Deep, deep in the heart of his base, we're now hearing some rumblings of discontent. And I'm talking about evangelicals. I am absolutely appalled that the United States is going to betray those democratic forces in northern Syria. President who allowed Khashoggi to be cut in pieces uh, without any repercussions whatsoever is now allowing the Christians and the Kurds to be massacred by the Turks. And I believe, and I want to say this with great uh, solemnity, the president of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's Pat Robertson on the 700 Club. Whoa. Basically, the, the, the founder of the evangelical movement's involvement in politics. Former presidential candidate in 1988. Yes. Pat Robertson came out and absolutely opposed the president in this spot. Not lose just for the, the mandate Kurds, of heaven. Lose. I mean, when I saw that, my eyes just bugged. 
because he's that we're seeing the wall crack now yeah. does robertson have as much power as he did back in 1988 1992 no but if he's thinking this and if he's saying this that could be a harbinger of many other things to come and this is one of the things that we say all along it's the break with donald trump is not going to become from just folks milling around in the general public saying you know i don't like what's happening it comes from leaders sending the signal that this is unacceptable you know, so here's a word from Pat Robertson, basically one of the, the key leaders in what has been Donald Trump's base. Because and, those, and those evangelicals Trump's- have stuck with him. They say, we can ignore him. The evangelicals were, were the group that I think were most vociferously said, yeah, go ahead, shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue as long mm-hmm. as you appoint go ahead. judges. That's fine. 23 women can accuse you of assault you can have affairs with numerous women you can have five children by three by three marriages we don't care because what you're doing they use the king david approach the king david was not perfect but what he did was perfect that president trump is in that same way but this is a step too far where christians you know we talk about the kurds it may be more valuable for people to start instead of just saying the kurds are allies but also say there are christians there who are going to be slaughtered by the Turks, and that that may uh, that may move the needle. But let's yeah, move I, on yeah. now. Let's move on now to our hot take segment, and this is where we have ninety seconds to discuss a, a topic of the day. And when you hear this sound, it'll be time to move on to our next topic. So, Patrick, what's our first one? So, our first one is we finally heard from Joe Biden, the subject of all the Ukraine news, <laughs> saying that he finally has joined the call for impeaching Donald Trump. What do you think now, of that? I, I think it's I think it's late. Uh, I think that, and, and it, it's odd because in a way it almost seems personal now because it has so much to do with him. But what I do like about what uh, Joe Biden is doing and I think has great value is if you look at his commercial that he put out this week it has nothing to do with anything beyond president trump he, mm-hmm. he is making this it's not about how we're going to handle medicare it's not going to be about health care it's not going to be about anything like that it's about making sure that our republic is saved and to me that's an incredibly wise choice on his part but and i, I, I would yeah. keep going with that path. but i wonder as you said it's it's very late in the game for him particularly when these charges were coming out about him and his son in the ukraine and this is the guy who said all along, Trump is a bully, I will take him on. And he was silent yeah. when that bully was going after him for and his son. a week and a half. And yeah. I think, you know, why did it take so long to figure out what you're, I mean, you should have known this was coming. Well, I think, this is, I, this think is, he, I mean, this is yeah, the general election. This is the general election. Why weren't you ready for this? That's my I mean, big question for Joe Biden right this, now. This has to be something that Biden was thinking about. And one of the reasons why he was questioning whether he was even going to get in the race, because this was going to come up. So when this came up, was he, how come he has not come back and started talking about President Trump's children? You know, I mean, it, well, it I don't think he's, to, I don't think he wants to go after that. Although let us let your surrogates do that. He wants to go. He needs to go after this is a bully who's making crap up. We need to shut him up and move on. Now, speaking about Joe Biden and uh, there was an and ads, um, President Trump put out an ad that had been rejected by by all networks and been asked by Joe Biden that we really kind of explained where Joe Biden was and how he has been corrupt in Ukraine, where there's no evidence of that, even though it looks bad. Um, where, but Facebook has agreed to continue showing this ad. And you had some really strong feelings about that. What are your thoughts, Patrick? I just, you know, Facebook is the place where all this Russian disinformation got spread in 2016. 
And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg comes out and says, we're doing this, we're doing that to, to clamp down on things. And why every other legitimate news source said, we can't run this when it's, it's blatantly false, the accusations that are made. But Facebook says, you know, we can make a ton of money off this because the, it's, not, it's not so much that we're, we want to play it towards folks who are on the Democratic side uh, who would discount this, but it will certainly make a lot of money because the uh, conservative side, the Republican side of our, our member base or Facebook uh, followers there will watch this over and over and over again. I just yeah, but how much money? And and it was interesting because Mark Zuckerberg just this week was asked whether billionaires should exist. A man who's worth seventy billion dollars. I think it was one of his staff who asked, "What do you think of what Bernie Sanders said that billionaires shouldn't exist?" And Zuckerberg was really clear, and he said, "Look, we're going to be giving my wife and I. We started a foundation. We plan to give away ninety nine percent." of our Facebook shares over the course of our lifetime. So if that's the case, isn't protecting the Republic more important than getting to 71 billion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll need that money to help everybody who's strewn about in, in the violence that ensues after the regard. The now you're dies. the one who's scaring people. Yeah, let's okay, well, right. let's, let's change. <laughs> yes, let us change uh, the mood here a little bit. Um, so. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren, news out this week that she uh, lost a job, her first job as a teacher because she was pregnant. There was a stories out that said, well, maybe that doesn't hold up. Uh, she came back and you felt that she really did a good job of uh, handling that. I thought she handled it brilliantly. And I've named this pregnant gate. I was like, <laughs> well, what do we call this pregnant gate? Um, here, here's what I feel Elizabeth Warren did so absolutely brilliantly. She takes responsibility every time that something happens where it looks a little tricky for her. She comes out and speaks to it directly. It's something that Joe Biden could have learned in, in his situation with Ukraine was that he needs to get out in front of this and not sort of let the story be told by someone else. And she came right out and instead of saying, you know, how dare you? She just simply came forward, did a little Facebook uh, instant message video and said, no, 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 this is what happened. I was pregnant and I was told that there was a job for me. And then they found out I was pregnant and then I didn't have that job anymore. And then this is what was brilliant. She then said, and now that happened in the past, but it's still happening. We know even now. So she took it to be, this is a shot at me. Well, actually, there's no shot at me because there's no story here for you to sort of engage in. Let's talk about how there is sexism and racism that is enacting right now in our country. And let's deal with that. And I'm the person who can help make that the happen. One thing, Brilliant. The one thing that I want to say about this, though, is that it plays to what is her biggest weakness, which is her authenticity. But that's why I thought she handled okay, it great, but because let me, that's let me what say, was dangerous about it. Yeah, then that's dangerous. And I'm not, I'm not sure yet whether that's handled it, because again, the, the one thing that I think about Elizabeth Warren as the biggest weakness in her campaign was that decision to take that DNA test and then publicize it in an ad. And I thought that that just showed really, really I actually bad disagree response. With now, that. I, no, I disagree with that. Well, you can I disagree thought, with it. You're wrong because well, it, it, it's, you, I, it backfired you may be wrong. on her. No, it may have backfired on her. But at the end of the day, it also got that issue out. Like it's done. Like it's been discussed. It's not and done. You it's can, coming back. It's, it if she's come, a nominee, it, it's coming back, baby. It may come back. It may come back. And she's already taken responsibility for it, which is going to help her as yeah, she moves by, forward by, with it. took responsibility by, by a dumb move. And I'm, I'm, I'm 
wondering if there's more dumb moves down the road. Well, maybe, anyway, but we'll she see. handles her dumb moves pretty darn well. Let's move on to a woman who named Barbara Reese Ress Ress. I don't know. What I don't know. She she's a former employee of Trump Enterprise. She worked very closely with her. We have a clip. The first half of the clip we had to cut just for time, but boy, is it salty and fun. But here's a little clip of of her thoughts about how things may go with President Trump in the future. It would be very, very, very bad for him to be impeached. Impeached. I don't know that he'd be found guilty, but I don't think he wants to be impeached. I think he. I think that's what this panic is about. And my gut tells me he'll leave office. He'll resign, or make some kind of a deal, even depending on what comes out. Yeah, yep, that's what we talked about last week. We talked about that very thing about his resi- his choosing to resign, and him looking for a deal that keeps him out of prison. Yeah. Um, and why are Why are you listening to Barbara Rez on this? Because, like I said, she she worked with the president for 25 years. She knows him pretty darn well. Um, and in, in an earlier part of the clip, she you know she's like, "This is she's how a, we get the, it's funny." How uh, she it. worked with. Let's just say he was like she wasn't a personal assistant or anything. She was a construction engineer, one of the few women yeah. in that position, uh, working on uh, construction projects in New York City uh, and around the world. Uh, and an interesting character that that she's made it around. <laughs> so interesting. This, yes. And earlier in that quote, she says, you know, I have so much more that I could say, but we really don't have that much time. Right. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, get her on. We'll TV have you back. Hey, well, what else you got? Because MSNBC better get her on. CNN better get Everyone needs to get this woman on to tell stories about the president. Uh, it's interesting because she she knows him and she speaks as if she knows him. But yeah, that she, sounds like exactly what we're saying with him, with the, with the creating the chaos. I think he's trying to create the chaos to change the storyline. But in the end, if he can't control the story, what does he do? And, and folks who know his business dealings like uh, we do in the New York, New Jersey area going back to the 1980s is he gets out. He, he cuts and runs. Yeah, he leaves somebody. He, lets, he leaves somebody else holding the bag. Right. So who's he going to leave holding the bag this time? Rick Perry. So far, Rick, Rick Perry. Perry. <laughs> Mike Pence. Anyway, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if we hear more from Barbara Rez and um, her dulcet tones. Her funny tones. She's she's a character. I like that one. All right, we're going to move on to our guardian of the week, uh, and this is somebody who puts their own personal uh, and political fortunes aside to stand up for the republic. And who do we have this week, Ian? I nominated, and you agreed. I'm going with Mitt Romney, um, and I I want to tip my hat to Mitt Romney for this tweet that came out soon after the president came out and did his speech on the lawn. He tweeted, "When the only American citizen President Trump singles out for China's investigation is his political opponent in the midst of the Democratic nomination process." It strains credulity to suggest that it is anything other than politically motivated. By all appearances, the president's brazen and unprecedented appeal to China and to Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden is wrong and appalling. And yep. I, th- I think a lot of people, some people would say, okay, what next, Mitt? Right, no, that, that, the- that was an argument, but that's next. Yes. Just saying Just that. saying that is Being the first one something. to lift their head. Now, let's say, you know, Mitt Romney has had a mixed uh, bag of reactions to Donald Trump over the past few years. Uh, you certainly tried to stand up to him in the 2016 election. More than and anyone. Then after that, he kind of entertained Secretary of State as a right, possibility. Right. Why? Why would he do that? Because he thought to himself, in this dangerous time, let me be of service. He then gets screwed over for Secretary of State and treated like a jerk. 
uh, which is what President Trump did, embarrassed with that picture in the restaurant, but then decides, okay, well, I need to get somewhere and decides to run for Senate and says, I need to have a voice during this right. perilous but then he gets, time. Then he gets endorsed by Donald Trump. He thanks Great, Donald Trump smart for the move, endorsement. Smart move. He thanks smart move. He didn't need the, he didn't need, I mean, he's going to win that election hands yeah. down regardless. In Utah, he's winning that so election. So Donald Trump, the smart move by Trump into saying, so he can try to take some credit for Mitt Romney being there. You know, Romney got some, he got some pushback for the fact that he, he accepted the endorsement, although, I mean, it wasn't like an over-enthusiastic acceptance. Uh, but people were wondering what he was going to do once he got into Congress, and he hasn't done a lot in terms of standing up to Donald Trump. I don't agree. I'm, I don't agree with that. I think I, he's, he's done more than most. Well, more I mean, than all. Yeah. He's done yes. more than all. Yeah, and well, when I say a lot, his, I mean a lot is a, is a relative term here, well, right? Well, he's it, not a Democrat, and yeah. he, you know, he, he's getting slammed every time he does it. For him to come out in this way, I'm going to say this, to go to my field that I was in for 25 years as a professional actor and a storyteller, if we're writing the movie of this and we're looking back on how this, how the Republic is indeed saved, it's going to be Mitt Romney, the guy who came out in April of 2016 and said that this person is unfit to be the president, who is going to lead the charge. He is going to be the George Washington of this time is my hope and my prayer. And I look at Ben Sass as a serious Alexander Hamilton candidate. <laughs> on a riding shotgun riding shotgun well who else in the senate is going to do that who else is who else is going to take that spot? All, as we know with a bully all it takes is one person to stand up to the bully and not back down when they get pushback as as Mitt romney has gotten already huge for this tweet that he said and why because president trump is trying to tamp down the idea to tell to signal to other republicans you come out against me i promise i'm going to come back and hit you five times harder and romney is willing to stand up through this he is without a doubt the guardian of the week this week some mm -hmm. people can argue that he didn't go far enough i argue bravo sir come save our republic we we desperately need you at this time and i agree so that's it for this week's edition of Guardians of the Republic. Woo! Yeah. Check it next week for a special episode where we're going to break down what happened in the Democratic presidential debate. We're going to do that next Wednesday. For Typically, we, we, we uh, record on Thursday, but we'll do it Wednesday because the debate will be Tuesday night. And of course, we'll stay on top of the latest developments in the impeachment impeachment inquiry look for that episode dropping a couple of days earlier than usual and make sure to subscribe Please. it's itunes stitcher stitcher whatever spotify subscribe to get the latest episodes they will come right to your feed and if you do subscribe and you will make sure that you rate us give us a rating give us a review uh, that really, really helps us. We, we yeah. read the reviews. We want to know what you think about us and also helps other people find us. So rate, review, subscribe. And check out our website as well at guardians-republic.com or on Twitter at guardiansotr. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See ya. See ya.